This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Morning, Fred. I think there's something wrong with my voice, man. No. I'm didn't. not able to hit that like it I didn't used crack. to. It didn't crack. Do you know it's it's already the second day of spring? I'm going to come up with a new intro. <laughs> <laughs> After Easter. It felt like spring yesterday. It it was spring yesterday. It didn't feel like spring the day before. The, the vernal equinox uh, was yesterday. The what? The springtime has come. What did you call it? The vernal equinox? What is that? I think that's when... Something hits the equator on the northern hemisphere. I don't know. Shake it off. I didn't look it up. We talked about it. The kids knew. I don't know. How are you kids doing? The kids are great. Yeah? They're good. I get Carline two days a week. It was yesterday morning, and they're they're great. They're ready for I saw a picture of you guys, and I can't remember what it was, but it was of your family. Yeah. And uh, your son, he just looked so confident in that picture. Yeah, he's getting older on me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a picture of me eating sushi and me doubled over, was it? No. Um, so last year, do you remember? Do you remember that the the gauntlet that we had to run through in the back door with this like Robin building her sweet little nest? Yeah. Now, have you noticed? Have you noticed? Have you looked up as you walk in the back? No. The door? only thing I've noticed is the mud on the table out there. What is that? Oh, you don't. Oh, I didn't tell you. No, I don't. Straight line wind day Friday. Okay. It blew. Our metal furniture <laughs> into the field next door. Are you serious? Yeah. Blew wow. the trash can almost on the other That's side. That's how it got the, mud on it? Yes. Yeah, it, it blew in it the mud. over into the mud. It looks like somebody raked the mm-hmm. mud off their shoe on it. Uh-huh. It stuck in the mud over in the field next to us. It wow. blew all that furniture that far. Dude, that wind was intense. Yeah, it ripped off the siding on the back. You didn't see that. No, it's hard to see. see that either, you have yeah. to go around and look at it. But the birds has built a nest on top of their previous nest. How about that? It's like a they double hamburger. They come back. <laughs> I just hope this one's nicer. Yeah. Remember the other one like charge at you? Hey man, I'm, what's that, what's a movie where the birds come at you all crazy the birds. and stuff? The birds. Is that what it's Al- called? Alfred the Hitchcock. Birds. The birds. I remember oh, watching that. Oh, Alfred Hitchcock. I remember. That's, that's back in your generation of humor, Jonathan. Yeah, I remember watching that on a Sunday morning feeling guilty that I skipped church. Most <laughs> of our listeners weren't alive back in those days. Oh, DJ Daniel Cox was. Yes, he was. Yes, oh, he was. Patrick Pierce was. That's right, Patrick. You hey, probably, what, um, probably watched that on replay. Uh, so here we are on the podcast again. And man, what an exciting season in the life of the church we're in it is it is uh i do want to talk about our time maybe at the end of this segment but if you love spring and you are a a father or a mother uh, of a child that plays baseball Mm, it's on or soccer does soccer play this time too but soccer baseball is soccer on schmocker. baseball is on for the white family how many games will you have this week starting yesterday up until end of saturday yesterday was really cool because jack's clarksville high varsity team played my alma mater northeast high school at vanderbilt hawkins stadium yeah so that was really cool uh their whole field is turf infield and outfield um but it was a beautiful day and uh we run ruled the eagles um, oh, like, oh! Do tell that podcast listener that is not maybe up in depth into 
run rule on well, baseball. Well, we just it was like eleven to what ten runs after five innings, yeah, and you win yeah, yeah, yeah. if you beat them. Up. Anyways, so yesterday was a great day. They play again today at Northeast against Northeast, and then Thursday it looks like they're going to have two games on Thursday because rain's coming in on Friday. And then they'll have a game on Saturday. All right, there it is. Five they games. St- they stack up a lot of games, and I'm I like it because I it just gives all the kids more opportunities, you know, to get in there and play. They've got a really good team. Well, good. Well, I know uh, you're going to be busy running around baseball fields. Yeah, so. but their rivals, Rossview. I think their record is almost the same. Really, Rossview's like five and one. Northeast is maybe six and one. Okay. It's hard to believe. And that's already. our biggest rival. Got six, seven games under their belt already. And it's so just will, turned spring. So I'll I'll give podcast listeners an update every podcast. There it is. There you go. Run the record. Okay, so if you have been in a hole and not listened to the podcast, nor have you been able to listen online or venture into the city forum through Acme Athletics, where we worship on Sunday mornings, we are in a very special Set apart time, an appointed time, I would say, as you said last week. I like that. You like that. So it is an appointed time for Real Life Sango, and this was the second week. Uh, we have a book, the guidebook, on our time. Fred, yo, what is our time? Yeah, well, our time is the theme of the next two years, kind of our vision initiative, our ministry vision uh, for the next two years, we've themed it our time. And that phrase comes from two primary scriptures. One in the book of Acts, Acts 17, where um, the apostles are teaching and preaching. And, and basically they say God appointed where you would live when you would live there. Uh, and so we're wanting that to fall fresh on the hearts of our people so that they can understand, have a real concept of, um, how full with meaning and purpose the details of where God has placed them is. Uh, and uh, and hopefully out of that, they'll understand a stewardship and that there's a stewardship to their moments, their minutes, their days, their resources, their gifts, their talents. Um. And then a verse out of John, John 9, 4, where Jesus says, we must work the works of him who sent us while it is still day. Night is coming when no man can work. In those two verses, is that, that verse Jesus is really speaking about the urgency of the moments that are entrusted to us. And um, so those, those two verses, we're really wanting those two verses to shape an understanding in the hearts of our people, they shape the phrase, our time. So the apostles gave us a sense of we live when and where we live by God's appoint by, by God's appointing. And then Jesus said, gave us kind of information on instruction on urgent instruction on what must we be doing in the place and time that the Lord has put us. And, um, and we must be working the works of the Father. So it's so it's my hope, Jonathan, that real lifers will go, whoa, I'm not in Montgomery County or one of the surrounding counties by mistake. Whoa, God put me here right now. Whoa, I've got work to do. Whoa, that's helping real life move into their future. 
by investing in this ministry vision, which is our time to equip and empower every generation, our time to send and multiply, our time to build and establish roots. So part of our our time initiative, so that was a great overview. So I hope you hear that at a point in time, we can't waste our time. You're appointed for a time and place. Ooh, I like that. You summarized that so much better than I did. Well, because you, we have our roles. You do yeah, that sometimes. Good. I yeah. go on. That's and you, right. you, Yeah, so it's that's that roles. But you, you have a point in time, and, and it's time to do something. Wait, a point in time, we can't waste our time. That's right. So there you go. So part of that, though, is we are on the onset of building a building so that ministry can happen. I'm so fired up. Oh, my goodness. So let's just one more time. I think I was overwhelmed a year ago when I heard this concept of one fund. So let's make sure as they're thinking through their commitment for Easter, that's April the 9th, we're going to be asked for all real lifers to give a commitment card. Yes. 100% yes. participation. Um, when they're filling that card out, make sure, I want to make sure that I understand yes. what the one fund concept is. Sure. I love it. So every, we're asking every real lifer uh, to take a step to expand their giving. At real life. So for some, that may mean they go from like $0 a month to $200 a month. For some, that may mean they go from $1,000 a month to $2,000 a month. It may mean they go from $50 a month to $150 a month. You know, it. everybody is somewhere on that spectrum. And what we're asking every real lifer to do is to really seek the Lord, to pray. If they're married, pray with their spouse. Ask the, the Lord, how do you want us to invest in our church family in the next two years? How do you want us to invest in this uh, permanent ministry hub that will be here for generations to come? And uh, and then on Easter Sunday, bring a commitment card with the breakdown. There's math on the back. What do you currently give? What? How are you going to expand your giving? What's your new normal? Uh, and then you add that up. You multiply it times two because we're looking at a two-year commitment. Then you add stored resources. So every real lifer, listen to this. I want to invite you to consider bringing some stored resource on Easter, what rather the day after Easter, uh, the su- excuse me, the Sunday after Easter, to bring some stored resource the Sunday after Easter, um, but to make a commitment on your by bringing a commitment card on Easter Sunday. But Jonathan, just imagine this with me. Imagine if every real lifer brought something from a stored resource, something that they could sell, something that they have saved, some some stored resource. Um, this Sunday after Easter, when we're out on the land, having the Sunday after Easter party, um, I am imagining the possibility of the largest single Sunday giving that we've ever experienced as a church because we believe in what God is doing and because God has moved on our hearts and because we're taking steps of obedience. So that's, that's really where we are. We want every real lifer to come with a sober spirit and enthusiasm with their commitment card on Easter Sunday, celebrating the great resurrection of Jesus with a commitment to his church. So I don't have the guidebook in front of me. I think that's page 35 in the guidebook. So you can look that up. Freddie just went through that commitment card very, very, very carefully. So you can go through that card and practice and think and pray about what you want to give. But I just want to underscore the one fund concept is that when you decide, when God has Yeah, you asked you, me about the one fund, I never got to the but that's No, 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 no. I like it. I like what you said. So when you get to that number and what you feel comfortable, what God's led you to do generously, um, 
that when you give that amount, it is a two-year commitment. That's right. Not a one-year commitment. It is a two-year commitment of how you'll give. Not a three-year commitment. Not even three. Not even a six-month. It is a two-year commitment. And when you give that dollar, it pays for everything. Yeah, so the one fund concept, for most people, it's pretty straightforward and easy to understand. But some folks grew up in churches where you had multiple funds, a building fund, the general fund, all of that. What we're saying is everything that we're doing is under one vision. It's So when you give to our time, you're giving to the student ministry, you're giving to our to support missionary pastors in India, you're giving to help plant a church in England, you're giving to our local school outreach, you're giving to us building a building. It's all one fund, and nobody has to pick and choose. The church has uh, the most flexibility with the resources that God is providing, and so um, one ministry fund, one ministry vision, and man, I'm, I'm so fired up, Jonathan. It's been so exciting as a pastor to see our flock begin to work through this, for folks to begin to pray, for folks to begin to feel the pain of sacrifice, for folks to be stretched in their faith. And, um, you know, by and large, we really haven't had a lot of negative, there hasn't really been negative feedback. Um, folks are fired up. Folks are really excited. Um, but I learned a long time ago, enthusiasm does not necessarily mean commitment. And so the enthusiasm has to translate into real obedience, into real commitment. And uh, I'm excited to see what God's going to do through his people. So you um, you preached on Haggai. Uh, so we're going to hit a little bit of that commitment, maybe in the second segment, which you brought out in chapter one of Haggai. Uh, but I, I saw a couple of real lifers yesterday. Yeah. And I got to say, yeah, what time is it? Yeah. Yeah. So we got a little hour time fun on that. So there you yeah. go. So it's out there. So uh podcast listener, you have it before you. Uh God has called this church at this time not to waste our time and resources so that we can give, so that we can be a what, Fred? A multiplying movement and a flourishing people. Ooh, I love it, J V. That's what come on. That's what he's called. Jonathan, you used to balk at like <laughs> rattling off our values. <laughs> And now you're like just volunteering our vision statement. Look at you, man. Oh, man. I'm growing up. It's right in front of you, man. You are, you are a real like lifer. Yeah, look at that. Uh, so uh, unless you've got anything else, um, I really would like to talk about your sermon on Sunday, maybe bring out a point or two out of the Scripture so that we can clearly see how God had talked to his people, the Israelite people, after the last exile, uh, Babylonian captivity. Um, and how he has called them for their appointed time to build his temple. So, unless you got anything else, we'll be right back. See you in the next segment. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But man, don't we have a lot of excuses for why we don't honor the Lord with our money? You know, ministry takes money. And when you give, God's work is propelled forward. I want to ask you to pray today. Pray and ask God to strengthen your faith, to deepen your resolve, to invest in His work, in His ministry. Worship the Lord today through your giving. Make a sacrifice. Set up recurring giving so that even when you can't be present at church, your gift is present. Simply text MISSION to 97000 to set up giving today. Don't hold back. 
Don't wait. Give to the Lord. All right, Fred. So between two sicknesses, I can go through my sickness from last week if you'd like me to again. That was that, Jonathan, please. That was really fun. But between two sicknesses and spring break, I, I was not present at service on on Sunday mornings. And so check it off. Nope, that's good. So I will say I was at eight thirty service on this Sunday, and you started your sermon with a very peculiar statement. I was very distracted at the welcome. Well, the welcome, it wasn't that. I think it was the start of your sermon. Yeah. I can't remember. I was decently present. Um, so I will say you said something very unusual that I thought was brilliant. Oh, come on. You ready for this? Jonathan. You said the following. So if you were asleep because you're I don't, trying- I don't recall the number of times my dad used the term brilliance in my house to describe me growing up. So Jonathan, radiating, brilliant. So be a good. I will say it was brilliant because I think it was genuinely brilliant, and I think what our time is about is about something other than the church and about one funds and about giving money. I think I know what you're saying. You don't know. I think I do. So I I know what you're. What you said was so real lifer. If you were like trying to find Haggai, which is not easy, but look near the end of the Old Testament, you'll find it. You said the following. So I want to make sure everybody hears this. Yeah. If someone gave you a check for $5 million on Sunday morning, yeah, your message wouldn't change. Our time would not change. Right. God's appointed time for us would not change. Yeah, yeah. His call for our individual, family, and corporate commitment, listen, podcast listener, would not change. Yeah. And I think it was genuine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to hear you I, say listen, it. Man, yeah, I, I know everything you say. I, I, wanted, yeah, I, wanted I don't them, blow smoke. But. I got it. We don't spin. We don't sell. Yeah. We bring God's word and we bring truth. <laughs> That's right. So you said that. So I want, I'm giving you an opportunity to just uh, underscore that, to say, yes, this is not about the $5 million goal. It is about the $5 million sure. goal. But it's something bigger and greater and more wonderful than just $5 million. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think we're at a place where what we're doing with our time doesn't need a lot of, um, oh, what do you call it? We don't, it doesn't need like a lot of, well, it's not this, it's not that, you, you know, like, um, but it, I mean, just as straightforward as I can say, like we're a church, we're the body of Christ, we're the family of God and God is always working. God is always speaking to his church. He's always molding us. He's always shaping us. And um, Jonathan, I had a lady come up to me at the like on her way out. And she just said, she said, I feel led to tell you, if you face any resistance, press on through it. Um, she said, you're asking us to do the hardest thing there is. <laughs> and she goes on to tell me a story about how five years ago she forgave an enemy, someone that she considered an enemy. And she said, you're asking us to do the hardest thing next to loving your enemy. And whether or not that's true or not, that's how she felt. And um, and I don't know so much that, you know, it, it, it's my hope that it's what God is asking us to do. You know, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And God, from the beginning, has been after the hearts of his people. 
And so, so one of the greatest ways for God to capture the hearts of his people is to address what our hands cling so tightly to and to address what we trust in so, so easily. So, so this series is so good for the hearts of God's people um, because you can listen to biblical sermons all day long and it not really shine a light on your heart. You know, like you can check boxes all day long of I believe that and I believe that and I believe that and I believe that and I believe that. But when you really get into what are we trusting in and what do we treasure, um, man, that's when spiritual transformation really takes place. So God's greatest goal in every Christian's life is to mold us into the image of Jesus. And Jesus was the most generous person that ever lived on the planet. He gave his life away. Amazing. And so uh, so as we grow in our spiritual journey, and as we are, as we fulfill God's purpose in our life, which is the transformation into the image of Jesus, we're always going to be increasing in generosity. We're always going to be stewarding what he's entrusted to us more and more. So, yes, we have a goal. The whole project that we're looking at uh, in terms of building the building itself will likely be a little over $9 million. So we have a goal of $5 million, and a large portion of that goal includes capital for the building. Do we need to hit that goal? Yes, absolutely. Do we need people to give generously? Yes, absolutely. Do we need every real lifer to give their best? Yes. I, I, I don't want a single real lifer to presume that this is going to happen unless they give their best. Let me just say that again. I don't want a single real lifer, whether it's a college student, a high schooler, young married couple, any real lifer. I don't want any real lifer to presume that this vision is going to become a reality unless they themselves give their best. Um, but while we're pursuing this goal as a church, God is pursuing a goal that's unchanging. It's, his, it's the goal that 20 years from now will be his same goal, and it's molding us into the image of Jesus. So, so if somebody walked in Sunday with a check for $5 million, we wouldn't go, Woo, our time is complete. Um, no, we believe it's, it's our time to hear from the Lord. It's our time to trust the Lord in a new way. It's our time to be stretched by the Lord. It's our time to see the glory of God through the provision of God. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of a long-winded answer. Nope, was not, because I want to I just say what you just said. So what, you, what, what I heard you say partly was, it is our time. And let me say, it is your time, podcast listener. It is your, it's your time. time, Jonathan. It is my time. It's my time. Just when I sit in that black chair or standing on the stage, it's my time to... Just stand up and commit. Yeah, that that's what that's what I think you were just trying to say. Yeah, it's like it's not for the neighbor next to me. It's not yeah. for the person up front. It's not for the ministers. It's not. It is. To, it got. It's called me. Yeah. to step up. Can I just time. tell you, like, I I was anticipating this happening. I was a little nervous about this happening, but it has begun to happen. Susan and I, out of the gate, knew as leaders, like we need to make our commitment. And we need to leaders go first, right? We need we need to 
We need to pray. We need to sacrifice. We need to. So Susan and I very early on in this process, we talked, we prayed, we looked at the budget and we rearranged our budget and made some sacrifices that we felt to be able to invest in our time. And I was anticipating that even as we would move through the process that God would stretch us more. So um, the text itself, God is addressing his people for busying themselves with their house, their own house. And um, at Christmas, you know, Christmas is a tricky time with spouses. It's like, what do you want? I don't want anything. You know, like whatever. So I was able to get from Susan that she wanted to build some shelves. And so I gave her money to build shelves in our house. And um, and then sometime this past week, I had a funeral last week, last Friday I had a funeral, got paid a little cash for the funeral, and had it in my wallet. And we were at a ball game, and I asked Susan, are you still planning on doing those shelves? And she said, yes, I need, I need a little more money. So I, I took out that funeral money and gave her that funeral money, and that was a lot of fun to get to give her a little more funeral money. Anyways, long story short, the Lord began to deal with her, you know, because it's like the text is exactly what she was wanting to do, is do something on the house. Mm-hmm. And the Lord began to speak to her about it. And then there were, there's been a number of nudges to confirm to her that the Lord wants her to use that as a stored resource for her personally to give that, um, to give her Christmas gift to the Lord for our time. And um, so she's been wrestling through that. So we, we were, we were in the car the other day and I, the situation was like too similar that I just suspected. I wonder if God is speaking to her about it. So I just asked her, have you thought about the shelves? And she's like, yeah, I've thought about the shelves. And uh, she's been thinking about the shelves a lot because the Lord was was dealing with her about it. So, you know, so so last night we began to talk about it. And um, she, <laughs> she, she kind of shared a little bit with sorrow uh, of, um, I, I, I can't remember if she brought it up, if I brought it up. And, and when she shared what she felt like God was doing, there was there was there was some sorrow in her in her voice, some pain. She's really giving something up. And what she told me last night was, we had made our commitment as a family, but I felt like this was a commitment that God was leading me to do. This was a sacrifice God was leading me to make, over and above. And in addition, well, her generosity began to stir my heart, and I've been looking for ways that we could give more and the Lord directed my heart to old baseball cards. And it's like, these are things I've collected as, as a kid and I plan on giving them to my sons. And Jack recently told me he doesn't care about them. He doesn't want them, you know? So now I'm thinking about, okay, how, you know, how much money could I get for these old baseball cards? So I'm thinking about that. So I, I voiced that to Susan and then she voices to me. Well, and I, we've got some crystal that we haven't used in 18 years. And I was like, Oh wow. And, um, 
when we moved to New York City, we sold almost everything that we had. But we saved a handful of these wedding gifts, and they were nice crystal, like candle, a candle stand and a bowl and a vase and a cross and all this Waterford crystal. And Susan was saying, I was thinking recently about selling the crystal and getting myself a rug because the crystal's just in a drawer and it's, we're not using it. And we haven't used it. And it's really nice stuff. And But it's like her generosity spawned on my baseball card generosity, which spawned on her crystal generosity. So last night we're pulling out these drawers and we're taking out these all these crystal stuff. And I'm like, this is really nice stuff, you know, and I'm, you know, and it's like mingled with this sorrow of, I don't know if I want to let go of this. I was like, I can fill this vase with flowers for you. And why don't we use this bowl? And why don't we use this ice bucket, you know, and all these things. Um, but, but sometime last night after I was wrestling with letting go of these gifts, these treasures, um, there was a switch that, that God brought in my mind and heart of, you're not giving to the church, you're giving to Jesus. And I thought about the woman who brought her very, 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 very expensive perfume and broke it over and began to wet Jesus's feet, you know, with her hair and all this. And she was criticized. She was criticized for bringing such an expensive treasure. The, per, the perception that the people had that were watching was that she was wasting it. And so for me... Last night, as I was thinking about this, I just thought, this is for Jesus, and he's so worthy. He's so worthy of us parting with these baseball cards. He's so worthy of us parting with this crystal, and um, and the sorrow turned to joy. The, the, the pain in my heart of giving it up turned to celebration. And what, but what did it for me was that it wasn't for the church, it was for Jesus. And um, so that's where I am this morning with this man. So you had a couple of videos on Sunday. One of the videos was at the near the end. I was at 830 service, assuming they were equal, the same. Um, what did you just say? I assume both services were the same. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I didn't understand the second video was Sam and Stephanie Gentry, dear, yes. dear friends of Rachel and I. Yeah, uh, have been friends with you them guys. For invited years. them to real life. You baptized Sam and and Rachel baptized Stephanie. Yeah, that's true. So uh, amazing. So uh, saw their video. Was almost in tears watching their video. Yes. Um, uh, but I thought it was really cool. Sam said some good stuff. So Sam, don't take offense. But Sam said some great stuff. Stephanie said some. But it was the ending. It was the ending, and I won't quote it correctly. What she said at the what end? What she said at the end as it yeah, closed she said, out. I can do a building. She says, God will I, can do build a, I can build a building. Yeah. Or more appropriately said, we can build right, a building. Right. We I can, can do yeah, that. Right. But God will do his work. Yes. Of course, we'll join him in his work. Right. But it is God's work. That's the John statement. Yeah. We must work, work the, the works, works of, of him. him. Yeah. So their works, not our works. If we're doing our works, we're not doing his works. Come on. Unless we're doing his works. So we must work the works of him who sent us while it is still day. Um, so you followed that up with a whole set of slides. Yeah. And 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 it was a progression. Don't, don't know that we want to go through the full progression, but what I want to say is where we start off in our mind is what you said, is, well, this is my stuff. What am I going to do with my stuff? This is my stuff. 
what am I going to do with my stuff? And then I'm going to like, well, okay, you're asking me to give away my stuff. Right. Why do you want my stuff? Right. They have their stuff. I, I right. got my stuff. That's you don't really right. need my stuff. That's, right. That's, That's right. what you talked about earlier, 100% participation. Yeah. You don't need my stuff. I don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah. That guy down front, he wears nice stuff. He's got nice stuff. He right. can give more stuff than I can give. You don't need my stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. But the very, very end, if you go through the progression, yeah. and I would suggest it greatly, maybe we can hit it with some show notes. I don't know how that works. Yeah, sure. But the very, very end, we, if you really get through it and you get your heart right and you get the theory right, it ain't your stuff. That's right. And it's God's stuff. And I've said that my whole life. But I love the last statement you put on that slide. It's what, it's what am I going to, quote, unquote, sacrifice for God to give you my stuff, God? Or, well, there's, well, there's a progression there is, there is. in our transformed thinking. That's right. But you get to the point at the end to say, and I thought it was your next most brilliant thing you've said on Sunday, was, what am I keeping of God's stuff? What does God want me I got to it. keep? So I, I, I flipped it. I flipped it a different way because the way I think about it is, yeah. what am I holding on to that's really God's yeah. that I really don't need? Ah, yeah. That's why I was trying to follow up say with your again. water for crystal. Yeah. Your baseball card. I've got baseball cards. I don't even know where my baseball cards are. I've got a Vince Coleman rookie card. Which, by the way, is not worth anything. Uh, but it's time. Well, that's what Jack tried to tell me last night. He, Jack tried to tell me he's like, "You're not going to get much money from that." That's you fine. Know? And I'm like, "Well, I'll get something from it. That's some stuff." Yeah. That, but 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 the crazy thing is, is it's not. It, so here's here's the beauty of what God's doing is is the bigger point is not how much money I'm going to get and be able to contribute. The bigger point is is what kind of sacrifice am I, am I making? And I promise you, those baseball cards are worth more to me than what, the money I'm going to get for it. So, so that's what I was saying Sunday yeah. morning when I came yeah. home from church. I was like, what am I keeping Ugh. away from giving to God his stuff? Thank you. So Lord. what am I keeping Thank my, you, what am Lord. I keeping my fingers into Yeah, that whether I need it or not, Yeah, that's very subjective. Sure. You don't really need anything. Sure. But what am I keeping away from God's work? Yeah, wow. Wow. And so yeah. I know you said it a little different way, but that's how I my mind. Yeah, that's what if good, I got man. my little talons in that yeah. I can't possibly let go? Wow. For yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. And it's usually never money. Yeah. It's usually sentimental. It's usually something else. But it may be money. It may be a checking account. Yeah. It may be a savings account. It may be right. that right. that that money you've been saving for that thing you're gonna do, like build shelves in your house. Right. So <laughs> uh, this this is not a spin. This is something more and bigger. <laughs> What it, but let me let me even say. No, it I'm gonna need a hug. I'm gonna need a hug. I mean, what's I, even better is what's gonna keep you away from giving your time, whether that's to something in this in the community. Like Mana Cafe does a great job giving to homeless people. Have you joined a team at real life? Are you good, giving man. of your time at real life? Are you reading God's word? That time is really precious. Yes, it's sometimes more precious than money. Yes. What are you doing in the mornings when you wake up? Are you giving that time to really bring God's truth? That's what Sam. And Stephanie talked about on their sir uh, in their in their video is how life changing has been to wake up and read God's word instead of doing something else. Glory. So not just your money, not just your time, not just your passions. What are you keeping from God because you need it and it's yours? Well, it's it's you giving yourself to the Lord, right? It's uh there's a there's a great text. I'm gonna pull it up. They I'm searching for it. They, yes, there it is. In Second Corinthians chapter eight, let me um, let me pull that up. Second Corinthians chapter eight. If you're not driving and you're listening to the podcast, turn with me 
to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 because there's a, listen to this, uh, we want you to know, brothers, here's Paul writing about some of the churches in Macedonia, about their generosity. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. That, Like, for some folks, that sentence is mind-bending because here's these Christians. They were in a severe test of affliction. They were in extreme poverty, and yet they had an abundance of joy that overflowed in a wealth of generosity. That's what happens when Jesus touches your life. And he goes on, he says, For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means. So they gave beyond what they thought they had the ability to give. And he says, of their own accord. In other words, nobody guilted them into it. Nobody twisted their arm. They, they did it voluntarily. And, and, and listen to the earnestness. Begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. This reminds me of when we were in New York City. We were dependent upon others for our full support when we moved up there. And there was a janitor that gave like $100 a month. And if I had a if I had a list of the top 10 people that should not be supporting our mission in New York, it would have been this guy. And he and his family had two, two daughters, and they're supporting us. And um, there was a season where they, they couldn't, and they wrote us a note, and they were so sad that they couldn't. And then like eight months later, they pick it back up again, you know, and um, and when I read this, I think, man, he was begging earnestly for the favor. So it's almost it's almost like, yeah, if like everybody was given an account, you might be like, hey, you don't need to, you 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 don't need to give, right? Like, let's let somebody in a higher income bracket give. It's like, no, here's a janitor begging for the favor of taking part in this ministry. And but listen to this. Here's what. Here's the reason I pulled this text up. He says, in this, not as we expected. So they gave beyond what was expected. But then he says, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. And then by the will of God to us. So so what led them to give generously, begging for the favor of giving and beyond what was expected and out of their poverty but joyful? What led them to do that? Well, they gave themselves first to the Lord. And, and, and that's what God is calling all of us to do, is to give ourselves to him. Haggai, uh, in chapter 1, Come on. said it a different way, Yes, the same intent. He says in the English Standard Version, to consider your ways. Uh, if you look at the Hebrew behind that, if you translated that more fully, it would be place your heart, that's heart motivation, your desire, everything about you, your heart. Place your heart on your ways, on your journey. Don't coast. Don't see what your neighbor's doing. I'm going to do what they're going to do. Whether that's neighbor at church or whether that's neighbor down the street, whether that's yeah. the neighbor. At the, God has called the people of Israel in Haggai to stop and to consider, to place their desire, place their motivation, place everything there are on their journey. I think God's call to the people of Israel in Haggai is, 
you are doing stuff. You are giving stuff. You are reading stuff. You are spending your time doing stuff. Consider what you're doing. Yeah. Don't just coast. God has given us yeah. an appointed time in an appointed place yeah. not to waste because night is coming yeah. when no man can work. Yeah. Consider your ways, real lifer. Yeah. This is the time for us to do all of what we've talked about. Yeah. So practically, you got to start the conversation today with your wife. I was talking with a friend yesterday and I said, Hey, have you guys begun to talk about our time? And uh, he said, No, you know, she's not really a planner. You know, like she doesn't, you know, so like if I bring something up that's like planning, you know, and I'm like, like her response would be like, Hey, that's not till Easter. You know, like, no, it's like if you're going to consider your ways, you got to start the conversation today. And it's in the process of considering your ways, man. That's where we met the Lord, like last night in our living room. You know, that's when we started pulling out drawers, you know, and, and, and it was in that process that our sorrow turned to joy as we're considering our ways. And we're like, man, there's some things we don't need to keep, you know? And so real lifers, man, this is, this really is an exciting process because the building's beautiful. The ministry tool and resource is going to be awesome. When we're dead and gone, there's going to be people that the Lord's calling into ministry, people that the Lord's calling into missions, people that are getting saved, people that are being baptized, people that are having marriages restored, people who are encountering the presence of God in a building that we sacrificed to build, and that's amazing. But God's doing something special in our lives, and it requires us to consider our ways. Psalm 16 says, Fred, there's a lot of things to chase in this world, a lot of diversions to capture, a lot of things to put on your trophy case. Um, Psalm 16 says, the sorrows of those Mm. who run after Mm. another God Mm. shall multiply. Say it again. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Haggai said it like you put your money in bags with holes in it, right? It's like it's like how frustrating is it? Is it? You know, <laughs> it's easy to blame Biden, you know, for the stock market, right? Like it's easy to blame, you know, the president for the economy. But could God be? You know, it, it, it it's like if COVID didn't wake people up to prioritize the Lord to prioritize his mission, to prioritize his church. If COVID wasn't enough to wake us up, will will us putting our money in a bag with holes in it not wake us up? You know, the Lord is so patient with us and he'll use all kinds of real life things happening. He'll work through things to try to get our attention, to try to capture our affection, to help us to see what matters most. Well, I hope this, I hope this week, Get in God's word. Consider your ways. Consider what you're doing with your life, with your passions, with your money, with your time. JV, this is tough. It's hard. It's 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 all good. I, I, I had a whole other thing I want to talk about, but I, we're not going to get into it today. You sure. Oh, it would take 20 minutes. Yeah. But I will say this. Let's do a bonus episode. Let's do a bonus episode. I, I, Let's wrap this up, and let's do 20 minutes. So yeah, so 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 yeah yeah. I, yeah yeah. So I will just say this. You mentioned the 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 Lord of Hosts, or some call it the Lord of mm. Armies. I will say this, if you thought that was weird, that why God needs armies, if he's already conquered and had victory, which he has, by the way, you can read the rest of the story in Revelation, what's going to happen. Let me say, the battlefield, my friend, is not land. The battlefield is not this earth. 
the battlefield for the God in all his legions of the Elohim and the angels, the Lord of the armies. The battlefield, my friend, is you. He wants his prized creation, the image bearer of him, to get to wonderfully, joyfully glorify him. That's the battlefield that he's coming for. That's what this building's about. That's what our time's about. That's why we're on the podcast today. He is fighting and chasing for our hearts Mm. and our desires so that we can be present with him forever in giving him glory. Mm. I, uh, there was a season, previous season, where the Lord, where the Lord led us to double our tithe. Susan, Susan and I give ten percent. That's what a tithe is. Um, sometimes people throw the term tithe around loosely. Tithe is a tenth, and he led us to double it, and I was never happy with it, and I never found joy in it. And I always looked back going, well, I don't know what that was for, you know. And it's not really until now this moment that I realized, man, my heart was never even right in the giving. Like I did what was right, but my heart was never right. And um, let the Lord capture your heart. Let the Lord soften your heart. Let the Lord speak to your heart. Don't harden your heart. How many times did God say in this scripture, Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Oh, my goodness. Just Google that phrase and look at how many times Israel hardened their heart before the Lord. How many times God said, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So I just want to pray that God will keep our hearts soft. And All right. Let's let's close out today's podcast with a prayer. Man, let's do it. Why don't you do it? Yep, Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, Lord, wow. Mm. What a joy it is to be on the podcast in your presence. And thank you, Lord, for visiting with us in this place this morning and wherever our listeners are, if they're listening at six in the morning or at at midnight or wherever they may be, in the car, at home, folding laundry. Father, I pray that you are visiting with them right now, that you are washing over them with your love, that you're encouraging them with your presence, your spirit. You're speaking to them about our time. Uh, Lord, whether they're a a real lifer or whether they're live in Clarksville, Tennessee, or in a completely different state, wherever these people are, would you speak to them? Speak to our listeners today. Um, Let your sheep know your voice. Capture our hearts. Lord, we, we know that the call to follow you is a call to die. We know that the call to follow you is a call to take up our cross. Lord, we know that in in dying and taking up our cross, there is great joy. Father, you said godliness with contentment. There is great gain. So, Lord, help us to know that as we practice contentment, we're gaining something far more valuable than the treasures that we may be giving up. Uh, Touch us, speak to us, do your sovereign work. Stretch us, Lord. And uh, Lord, we give you the glory ahead of time for it, even now. Um, Thank you for Jonathan. Thank you for Daniel. We just worship you today. Give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fred.
What time is it? It's our time. Let's go. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.